Tonight, we're going to talk. The topic of the session is the power of the testimony. And I'm going to teach about some of the nuggets that are so powerful about the testimony. Throughout this teaching, we're going to have a lot of our ministry team sharing their testimonies. By the way, that's something else I wanted to do. Ministry team, will you all stand up, please? This makes me so happy. <laughs> Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. God is amazing. Every one of these guys have an amazing testimony. And throughout the weekend, you're going to be hearing all of their testimonies. Go ahead and have a seat. Lisa, come on up. Okay. So this is Lisa Starr. I believe it's on, Lisa. Try it again. It is. I had had a grand mal seizure. Um, I didn't remember it, of course, but everybody else did. And I remember just waking up in an ambulance a couple minutes before I got to the hospital. And that first hospital said it was, um, they ended up doing an MRI and found that it was a glioblastoma. And they said it was 25% of the size of my brain. And they just told my family, we can't do surgery on her. You're just going to need to take her home and get her affairs in order. But by this time... <laughs> I had already been under a healing teaching at this church that was like at Life Christian, and I already knew for years, and I've had personal experiences with seeing people healed, and I confess God's word all the time. So by the time it came to me, I knew right away, Praise it was God. like, I am not Praise even God. taking that. There was not even a thought in my mind that anything would happen to me. I was, no, this is, it's in here, and it's going to be out of here, because that's what God's word said. Amen. And so... Um, I didn't consider the doctor's report. He asked me if I looked at the MRI. I said, no, not because I'm denying that it's there, but everyone else has seen it, and that's not what my focus is. Good. And so um, powerful. The, uh, a wonderful man, his name is Dr. Rosenblum from Henry Ford. He is the top 16 in the nation, and he has done, I mean, you know, now it's been over five years, but he has um, over 30 years' experience in neurosurgery. And so he had told me that, again, I didn't look at the MRI, but he said from the looks of it, and with his expert opinion, he said it appeared to be um, a strong three to a 3.5 tendencies on the outer portion. And after he did the surgery, he said, oh, well, it was just a two, maybe a 2.5. But um, so I was like, yay, Jesus. Yes. Yes, but, um, yes. And he had said that it had been in there. It looks to have been in there for about five to ten years, which makes sense because I hadn't been to the church for five to ten years. So that's all right that it grew. But God had great plans. Um, and he told me that he was booked out. He, um, he only does surgeries now on Monday. And he said he's already booked out for several weeks, but he had somebody else that, you know, he would trust to do the surgery. And I just... 
thank you, okay. And then I just, and, and throughout the whole process, I just would whisper, all right, Lord, whatever your best is. Well, I end up getting a phone call, and he ends up taking me the following Monday at 6 o'clock in the morning, even though he already had people scheduled for that day. And so he had told wow. my family after he did the surgery, he said because my faith so inspired him and all of his staff, he ended up, they're only supposed to take out whatever they see on the MRI. On the MRI. And so when he did that much, he gave it to the nurse. And then he just stood there and he just looked at it and he's like, well, that's it and that's it. And so he took out over 95%, which I know it was the whole thing because there was never any evidence of, on the MRIs of it. And so with my family, we decided that I would do the chemo and radiation with it. And so, and God had spoke to my husband because I was, you know, like, okay, if I'm healed, why would I need to do chemo and radiation? But for my husband, for the family, because it was hard on them, um, I decided to do it, and he told my husband that the reason that I did that was because for other people that have to go through chemo and radiation as well, that I could at least be a voice to that. And yes, I did lose some hair. However, I was told by the radiation ladies and the oncologist that where the radiation was, my hair would barely come back, if at all. And, uh, and I just said, you know what, Lord, if I'm having to go through this, I said, I know I'm entitled to double, but I said, I just, I already have a lot, so I just want to bag what was there, <laughs> and look, it was like nothing, it was nothing, and now it's long, and I love it, thank you, Jesus, <laughs> and so um, when I began the radiation and the chemo, I never looked, never looked at any of the side effects because I didn't want to own them, I'm like, that doesn't belong to me, I'm not taking those, I'm not going to, no, I'm not going there. And so, um, and then six months later, I kept having MRIs, and my oncologist just said, there's never been anything on there, so you're done with chemo. And so I just took God at his word. I just knew when they said that that's what I had, I didn't even consider that. I just said, well, but I know what God's word Amen. said. So we had scripture verses all over the house. I just looked at those. We all looked at those. I had people around the world praying for me. And here I am today over five years later. So I just... Hallelujah. If I stayed Hallelujah. on, if I would have believed the doctor's report, I wouldn't be here right now. But Amen. I believed God's report. Amen. And I got his Amen. results. Amen. Hallelujah, Praise Daddy. Praise God. Praise you, God. I love talking about him. Yes, she does. We all love, do. I love to talk about we all do. Why don't you just take that down to Kent, and as we have other people come up, he can, he can have it ready for us. So here's this amazing woman. I remember when she was diagnosed, because I would, had been healed for, well, she's been healed for five years, so I had been healed for eight years at that time, and we were in the ministry of healing, and she went to my church, and, and I was like, oh boy, I have to go really stand by Lisa and be with her and, and, and you know, help her, right? Wrong. She had so strong a faith. She was such a firecracker, so powerhouse, uh, believing without doubting, completely considering only God's report and not anything else, that she was ministering to me. I would go to her house to, you know, pray with her or talk to her. Oh, no. She's just going on and on and on about how amazing God is and what he's doing here and what he's doing there. And it was just amazing amazing so five years later she started out with a, a tumor 25 percent the size of her brain 
and a death sentence. And she is now as whole as they come. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. God, oh, I love it. She said, God gave me a life sentence. The doctor might have given her a death sentence, but God gave her a life sentence. That's awesome. Okay, if you have one of the folders, if you don't, raise your hand and we'll get you one. There's one or two people that don't have a folder. So, Kathy, you want to go grab a couple folders? Oh, Pastor Chris, I didn't even notice you there. Good to see you. Okay, so we're going to start session five. The title is The Power of the Testimony. So the definition of a testimony is the written or the spoken record of anything God has done. Now here's the great news. Every testimony, every story of a healing like we just heard, no matter how great or how small, every single story is your story. It's not just Lisa's story. It's your story too. Because you belong to the same family with the same inheritance. Isn't that good news? I'm going to show you that in scripture. Turn with me to Psalm 119, verse 111. This is that long, long psalm in the middle of your Bible. Psalm 119, verse 111. It talks about your heritage. There's lots of pages in this chapter. Okay. Your testimonies have I taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. The scripture says, okay, I take your testimonies, God, forever. They're mine. They're my heritage. They're part of my inheritance. That's what the word heritage means. It's something that comes or belongs to you by reason of birth. Now, the birth we're talking about is your rebirth. When you were saved, when you accepted Jesus and the gift that we talked about last night, the gift of grace. At that moment, testimonies became your heritage. Lisa's testimony is your heritage. My testimony is your heritage. Every testimony you've heard today is yours. You know how when a family has something that runs in the family... They talk about it. Like they say, um, and it might be good or it might be bad. So they might say, um, uh, heart disease runs in my family. And they speak that. And, and it, it has followed in the generational lines. But, but <laughs> when you're saved, when you receive the grace gift of God, it switches over if you know it and if you receive it. And you're, not, and you're not lacking knowledge. If you have knowledge, then every testimony of Jesus is your testimony. It's your inheritance. And you can say to, to you can speak this out. You can say, that's for me. That's, that runs in my family. Healing of cancer, that runs in my family. Healing of diabetes, that runs in my family. Healing of hip issues, that runs in my family too. Good knees. That runs in my family. All of those testimonies you can receive as your heritage, your gift of inheritance from God. So the first point I want to make is that testimonies reveal God's nature. This is really evident. This is so evident. It's, it's just it's easy, but I like, to, I like to just stop and think about it for a minute because we don't do it often enough. 
But testimonies reveal the heart of God. Jesus, we're going to talk first about Jesus, and then we'll talk about present day testimonies. When Jesus walked on this earth, everything he did was what he saw the Father do. Everything he said was what he heard the Father say. He reflected the Father's heart because everything he did reflected the Father's heart. In John chapter 5, verses 19 and 20, I'm going to read it with you. John 5, 15 and 20, 19 and 20. It says, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. So Jesus said, I can't do it on my own. Jesus was fully man. He was completely dependent on the Holy Spirit. He needed the Holy Spirit just like we do. He said, I can't do anything by myself, but only what I see the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. And that's what we're doing today. As he's showing us those greater things through present day testimonies, it raises us up to marvel at the goodness of God. So this Jesus, our Jesus, our Messiah, he represented his father. The word represent is a great word, but the word represent is even better. He represented his father by doing what his father did and saying what his father said. And I said this last night, I'm going to say it again. Jesus is perfect theology. This, when you want to know the nature of God, when you're studying God, that's what theology is. It's the study of God and the nature of God. Jesus is the perfect theology. Jesus is the perfect study of God and the nature of God. And I'm going to say something else I said last night. If you have a, a thought or a belief about God, about our amazing God, if you have a thought that doesn't, that you can't prove through Jesus, then you better change the way you think. Because Jesus is the perfect representation of God. So if you think that God gives sickness, look at Jesus. Did Jesus give sickness? No, then it's wrong. It's a wrong thinking. Did, did, uh, did Jesus say, um, you have to get all holy before I'm going to heal you? No, that's not the nature of God. If you think that, if you think that God won't heal you because you're not holy enough, look at Jesus. Jesus healed sinners, adulteresses, Samaritans, people who weren't part of the covenant. He healed them all who came to him. So if you have a belief that when you look at Jesus, you can't prove it, that's an indication that you've been believing a lie. Amen. I want to use an analogy of when we're talking about Jesus, we're talking about testimonies, and I want to use an analogy of a road sign. We've had some interesting map quest <laughs> trips to our lake house this week. There are three lake drives, and they're on three different lakes in this area. 
And so we've had people all over this area trying to find our cottage. We said, call us when you get close, because it's really hard to find. But they thought MapQuest could help them. No, it didn't work. So what I was going to say is that even with MapQuest, you need to use your directions. <laughs> you need to look at the signs, right? That's what we do. We might have it on our phone, but we still use the signs to point us to our destination. Signs, oh, I want to back up for a minute. Those signs are good. They point you to your destination, but they're not as great as the destination. So, you know, they, they might have followed the road signs to our house, but they didn't know how, how, how much fun we were going to have and how awesome it was going to be until they got there and saw the real thing. We'd been having a ball. If, if you're taking your kids to, to Disneyland and you're driving and you see, start seeing the billboards and the signs pointing the way, the kids' anticipation rises. They get so excited they can hardly stand it. But if they've never been there before, it is above and beyond their wildest dreams when they drive in and see it and when they are able to walk in and experience it. The actual destination is so much bigger, so much better than the signs that pointed there, right? Well, think about Jesus. Think about testimonies. Those signs were good. Those signs were awesome. The miracles, the healings, all of those things that Jesus did were awesome. But what they point to is even greater. Mm -hmm. Because what they point to is God. They point to the nature of God, the heart of God, the goodness of God. When we, we're so excited with, this, with the testimonies that have been coming in, but we're excited because we're seeing the amazing goodness of God being revealed not just to us, but to you too. Signs and wonders point to the one that, that brings them to us. They point to God, to his very nature. Would you turn with me, please, to um, Colossians chapter 1? While you're going there, I've been going back and forth about whether, whether to say, share this. It really isn't that big of a deal, but it was a big deal to me. I dream a lot of things that I, I call God dreams. And I was dreaming the other night, this really strange dream, where we were on the expressway. And on the expressway, um, there's, uh, at every exit, there's, four si or there's three signs. In my dream, there was four. In every exit, there's three signs. One is for gas, one is for lodging, and one is for restaurants, right? And when you're driving, you want something to eat, you're watching those signs. Well, in my dream, there was a fourth one. And the fourth sign was for healings. <laughs> but it didn't tell what kind of healings. I wish it would have. That would have been cooler, but I can't exaggerate my dream. It just said two healings at that exit. And then another one said five healings at that exit. We need to get a sign out here at the Big Rapids exit and count up all these healings and put one there. Wouldn't that be cool? Go to Res Life. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Okay, Colossians 1, verse 15. This is referring to Jesus. He is the exact likeness of the unseen God, the visible representation of the invisible. He is the firstborn of all creation. Jesus had signs and wonders following him all over the place. But when he talks, when Jesus talks about the signs and the wonders, he said, don't believe me. 
If you don't believe me, if you don't, you know, when I tell you things and you don't believe me, look at, the, look at the signs and the wonders. Believe me because of what you're seeing. They point to the heart of God, to the nature of God. In verse 20, I'm sorry, verse 19, says, For it has pleased the Father that all the divine fullness, the sum total of the divine perfection, powers, and attributes should dwell in him permanently. The sum total of the divine attributes of God dwell in Jesus. And we are so blessed to be able to receive this word that tells us who Jesus was and what he did while he was in human form on this earth. And he's the same, right? Okay. Jesus heals today. Jesus heals today. So let's talk for just a moment about current testimonies. Current day visible representations of the invisible. When we share testimonies, now here's a big if. If you are open to receive them, if you're open to receive that that testimony points to the heart of God, it reveals the nature of God. There can be a hardness of heart that for whatever reason says, mm -mm. No. you believe more in what you've been taught or more in what you, you believe than, than what Jesus says. And there can be a hardness of heart. So I speak over that right now because we're going to be sharing lots of testimonies. I just pray over you right now. I pray over me. I pray over all of us. I speak over us, Father, right now, and I pray that our hearts are sensitive to your voice tonight, that our hearts are sensitive to hearing about your goodness tonight, hearing about the nature of, of your heart, the nature of your desire for us, the nature of your plan and your purpose and your finished work for us. Father, may we not have a hardened heart. May we not have a heart that says that might be for them but not for me. May we have a heart that is wide open to receive your truth and all of its benefits tonight yes. in Jesus' name. So, testimonies, if they are received, if they are received, point, point, just like the road signs, to the one, to God, and to his nature. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, before we go on to the next point, we're going to share some more testimonies. So, Yvonne's next. Yvonne, come on up. This is Yvonne Stevenson. Yay, Yvonne. Hey, girl. Um, hi. I was diagnosed with stage 3 breast cancer in um, July of 2010. And unlike Lisa, I did not know the nature of God. I pretty much, first of all, I bought the diagnosis and then the darkness and fear engulfed me. I, yeah. I remember I just, I actually have no physical symptoms. I never was truly sick or, um, and I came home and for probably five days, I didn't move from the couch. And um, then I start, started praying and I actually believe in my heart, I believe that God was my answer. I, I somehow knew that, I don't know how and from where, but I did. And I started praying lots of prayers that I was taught in a church. And um, one of my friends actually bring me a, a prayer. And on the end, she says, 
And you know, I believe, I heard actually that if you pray God's will, that's better. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I didn't know God's will. I started praying. I was tar starting to give my life to God that I didn't really know. I didn't, it was almost like I didn't trust him. I didn't. I, um, day by day, I was like, God, I don't know what it's your will, but I'm giving you my life. And if you are a father, then you must be good. Mm -hmm. and, um, Amen. One, one of uh, my friends emailed me about it and says, Ivana, there's a class that is led by my friend and they're just starting a new season. Maybe you should check it out. That was Cindy's class. Yeah. And I was like, well, I have nothing to lose. I will check it out. <laughs> we went with my husband, sent, sat probably in the back by the door. And, uh, <laughs> um, and I'm actually not kidding. The first verse that I, I don't know if uh, Cindy actually said hello or not, but the first whole sentence was, it is God's will to heal everybody. Amen. Amen. I actually don't remember much after that because I started crying and I cried for the last two, next two hours. <laughs> but I, I felt that that's a class for me. So I started going. I already actually started treatment, so I never have indication to stop. Um, but I, the goodness of God was yeah. every step of the way. And then um, very shortly after, um, about two weeks after, I had a dream. And it was Jesus standing, and I, I think it was actually more of a vision because I was fully awake, except my eyes were, were closer. And he says, Ivan, be confident. And that was not a word in my, my uh, vocabulary. I wasn't confident about anything. Um, you have 36 years to live. Wow. And I remember running to Cindy's class. I was Cindy, could God speak through dreams and vision? And she says, absolutely. <laughs> and from that point on, the trust came in. And um, I pretty have a pretty, God put super on everything I went through. Yes. Uh, my chemo treatments were non-event. I was not affected. My blood work was not affected. I functioned totally as a mom. I cook, I clean, I drove the car. I never have any issues and then the surgeries came and I was actually released after I had mastectomy and I was released after the, the, the major surgery the same day um, there was there was one point when they, they mentioned that because of my I, I was smaller at that time um, you're still small <laughs> um, that there's not enough skin um, that the, the graft might not take and one of the, the, the friend that actually recommends Cindy class initially stopped by the hospital and was there when the doctor was speaking with my husband. So she went home and emailed everybody to pray. By the next day, everything was fine. And, um, but I was told that I cannot do anything because of that fact that everything could rip, that I cannot do anything for three weeks. And um, that was kind of hard. I had two kids at home, and um, I, I did, I still did, pretty much almost everything. And um, I actually didn't have any pain. I she had no pain. I have no pain. Um, I went a week later, and I saw another physician that uh, actually wasn't mine. And he was like, "Why are you 
while you're still wearing the dressing, you are totally healed. And I was like, so could I do everything? And he says, yeah, everything. The only thing he didn't advise was rowing. (laughs) Rowing. (laughs) Um, You can do that now. We have kayaks. (laughs) We'll put her out on a kayak Um, tomorrow. There was only for for a couple weeks, um, I couldn't lift my left hand up because uh, there was something. And they told me that I have to have a physical therapy to be able to move my um, my hand all the way up and I went on a woman's conference and one of the pastors actually have a word of knowledge and I didn't even stand up I didn't think that that was for me except on the very end I realized that I was worshipping with everybody holding my yes. <laughs> arms up Hallelujah. So, Hallelujah. Um, I have two quick follow up surgeries and uh, the first one was pretty uneventful, the second one um my husband asked the surgeon, uh, because the estimation of time was two and a half hours of duration of the surgery, and he says, the last time you told me that it would be hour and a half, and I hardly got my coffee. So how long it's going to be this one? And he kind of turned to him and says, Gary, I don't think if you know this, but there's absolutely nothing normal about your wife. <laughs> <laughs> or a normal, normal person, it would be two and a half hours. Uh, for her, I don't know. In two and a half hours, I was physically in my driveway. Yes, yes. And Through that recovery. was 20-minute yeah. drive, and I was intubated, and that means you have to be in the recovery at least 40 minutes. Um, God is amazing. I just want to kind of mention one thing that it's, it, it was important mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. I was... Uh, a new believer mm-hmm. at that point, and, and you really need only one scripture to stand on. Uh, but there was sometime right before actually I was diagnosed, I, clear from all the cancer in my body, there was a tremendous amount of fear. And um, I was calling everybody, asking for prayer, and, and I realized probably a second day into that I spent more time rebuking the devil than I spent with God. And I don't know where the, 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 I I cannot even explain because I wasn't a person with the headphones listening to a music or anything like that, but I ended up listening to a teachings for six to eight hours a day. I did everything at home, what I need to do, having my headphones on, my iPad in my pocket, and I kind of cut out everything, the world, from me. It was me and God. Thank you, Lord. Thank, Thank you, Lord. Lord. Thank you, Lord. Alive. Praise God. Praise God. So I just want to re- uh, review that last point that Yvonne said to make sure that you got the full impact of it. In the middle of the journey she was going on, like she said, she was a new believer, and she had to fight some big-time fear. And she was in the process of learning, learning, learning about God's Word and about standing and declaring the Word and renewing her mind. So she had been learning a lot, but fear was really attacking her so she was doing what she had learned to do to fight the fear she called for help she prayed herself she spoke to it she told it to go but she still had a lot of fear and then she realized that she had been spending more time fighting the devil than she had been with God so that's why God gave her wisdom the Holy Spirit spoke to her and she got an iPad she didn't have an iPad 
I didn't. She didn't have earbuds. She got it. She got stuff downloaded from Andrew Womack. That was her favorite teacher. She's kind of, we listened to him a lot in this group. And she listened six to eight hours. She didn't just put it on the stereo recording system, you know, across the room. She had those earbuds in her ears, keeping the devil out of her ears mm -hmm. and filling it with the word of God. She had, like she said, <clears throat> super on her natural all the way through. Everything she would tell us, we would just, and she's still like that. Literally, if I'd let her talk, she could talk to you the whole night about every, every, every detail of her life, from her children, to her cooking, to her kitchen, to her driving, to her skiing, to every event where God is the Lord of everything. And she, she has prayers answered. She hears from him every day. It's cool. Yay. Amen. Thank you, God. I got to give you a hug. Kathy, you're next. This is Kathy. Kathy is on Kathy Bandel. She's also a member of our team. I'm going to let her share her testimony. Yeah, hi. Um, I was initially diagnosed with a very rare form of uh, lymphoma, which is a blood cancer, in March of 2003. And um, at that time, I was a devout Catholic, but I did not know all of God's truths. Um, I did not know that it is God's will to heal. I did not know that God does not bring sickness, and I did not know that healing is for everyone and that it is for today. Mm -hmm. And because of not knowing all of these truths and promises of his, I went through that first experience with a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety. But I did have enough faith in God to make it through three relapses in an 18-month period. And in August of 2004, after relapsing um, a little over 100 days after a bone marrow transplant, the bone marrow doctor had told me, Kathy, get your affairs in order. You have weeks to months to live. Um, however, even though when I heard that, I, even though I didn't know what I know today, I still had enough faith and I had enough hope. And I walked out of that doctor's office and I said to myself, with the grace of God, I am going to prove that doctor wrong. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and I just praise and glorify God because I was blessed with a remission for six years after that doctor's words. So in February and March of uh, 2013, I was coming up on the 10-year anniversary of that first diagnosis. And still not knowing um, what I know today, a lot of fear started coming in, and um, I was going to a cancer support group at the time, and, you know, what do you do in a cancer support group? You talk about the problem, unfortunately. So I started verbalizing that fear out loud, not knowing that that was not a good thing to do. And uh, be very careful, because your words carry power. In July of 2013, a few months after that, I was re-diagnosed with the exact same lymphoma. And the first thing I said to myself was, God, what lesson did I not learn the first time that I have this cancer again? And at that time, unfortunately, I didn't know his truths, I didn't know what I know today, and I was believing way too many lies of the enemy. And what does the word say? My, the word says, my people shall perish for lack of knowledge. However, um, that second healing journey was the beginning of a total new way of life for me. 
and a totally (laughs) new walk with Christ. I was at a concert uh, during the summer, and a friend of mine, her daughter, was with us who was just a Christian on fire for the Lord, and she said, I know of these healing classes. There's this Pastor Tim on Tuesday nights, and I really think you should go. So I went, um, and that is actually where I met Cindy. And so Cindy also told me about their classes. And so every Tuesday night, I was at Pastor Tim's, and every Wednesday night, um, I was at Cindy's. And I started attending both of these classes the end of August of that year. And uh, I started to learn the truths, and I started to learn the promises that are in the Bible. I learned that it is God's will to heal, that he does not give us sickness to teach us a lesson, and that healing is for today, and it's for absolutely everyone. And I was like a sponge. I just started um, studying the word and and reading books and listening to different teachings. I, I just couldn't get enough. And um, I asked two different people to be my mentors who could teach me, love me, encourage me, and walk with me through that healing journey. And I cannot emphasize enough the importance of having good spiritual mentors who can walk with you. And um, I can honestly say today that I would not be where I am today if it were not for two very, very strong beautiful women of God who loved me enough to to encourage me, to walk with me, to correct me when I had wrong teaching. I would not be where I am today if it were not for these two women. So I'm very grateful and very blessed. So at the second diagnosis, what the doctor did is he put me on the same treatment um, that I had been on before for like three years and tolerated it well. But however, within two weeks of attending these classes, I started to develop these serious side effects, um, and so the doctor had to take me off treatment. And as I look back, um, I know that this was God. Um, this, was, this was a God intervention saying, we're going to do it a different way this time. <laughs> Amen. And uh, so I had only been on the treatment for um, one month. And uh, I have not been on any treatment ever since, and I am obviously doing extremely well today. And a few months after attending um, the healing classes, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and this just brought me to an even greater level of healing. I just became on fire for the Lord, and nothing was going to stop me from inheriting all of the goodness that God has for each and every one of us. And as time went on, I um, continued to heal physically, emotionally, and spiritually. But the doctor's reports still did not give me that perfect bill of health. So in the natural, man's report had not yet lined up with God's report. And what I did with that is I had put my life on hold, waiting for that perfect report from man. I knew that I was called to the healing ministry, but I was believing a lie of the enemy that I had to first have that perfect report from man. And as I look back now, I see that I had elevated the importance of man's report above God's report. So I just wanted to share that because that is so important. It doesn't matter what the doctor's report says. God's report is the final report. Amen, amen, amen. So last June, um, I was at a full uh, gospel meeting um, in our local area, and someone had spoken prophetically over me uh, in front of an entire group of approximately maybe 75 people or so. 
and he said that um, he called me out, he asked me to stand up, and he said that, you know, you have been called to the healing ministry now, and you don't need to wait for that report. It doesn't matter what's going on. You need to do what God has called you to do. And uh, two days later, later, Cindy asked me to join their uh, healing ministry team. I hadn't heard that word. Yeah. Yeah, that was God. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, two days later, she asked me to join the healing ministry. And um, as the summer went on, I uh, also became involved in a, um, a healing street ministry where we went out into the streets and we prayed for people and we encouraged people. And these two things just really helped me take the focus off of myself and put it on God where it should be and to put it on um, other people. And what does the word say? Pray for one another and you shall be healed. And that is exactly what happened. So then um, I became even more on fire for the Lord, and I started ministry school last September. Um, Today I'm involved in in several healing ministries um, in the area with several different churches. I um, have a heart of compassion for healing. I just have a heart of compassion for healing. I have a strong, burning desire to just spread the good news of the gospel everywhere I go. I just want um, everyone to know the the truth about the goodness of God and how much he loves you, how much he wants you to walk in health and prosperity and to have an abundant life here on this earth, here on this earth. That's the real importance. And... um, I just want everyone to encounter the amazing presence and the love of the Father. So so in ending, um, I just want to leave you with a few thoughts uh, of what I've really learned, um, a couple of the the two that I think are really most important. And, you know, we can choose to focus on his presence or we can choose to focus on the presence of our problems. And when we focus on his presence, his perfect love – for us, we'll cast out all of our fears. And it says that in the Bible, doesn't it? Perfect love casts out all fear. And I think the most important thing that I have learned on on my journey so far is my identity in Christ. You know, we are God's children. We do have a spirit of sonship. We are sons and daughters. We belong to the royal priesthood. And... um, when we know who we are in Christ, we, and when we know that we come from God's love, come from his love, this is really key, that we come from God's love, that we don't have to strive to go to him to get our healing because we already have it because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. Amen. When we know who we are in Christ, we can walk in his power We can walk in his authority, and we can rest in his goodness because he is Jehovah Rapha, a God of healing. And our our, our job is to receive our inheritance, which is all of God's benefits and promises, and to believe that he does his job well because he is faithful. He is a God of goodness. He is a God who never fails us. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. You can just give that to Kent. How good is God? You see what I love what I do?